Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. How about this for coaching? Rowdy, how many um how many attempts did Grammers have throwing the ball in the second half of the Wisconsin's win over Purdue? One more than me, you, and RJ combined. And he was uh was he Ofer? Yeah. Oh he was five for seven in the first half, and then he finished the uh, game <laughs> five for eight. Grant Mertz passed the ball eight times. A guy who went from the second coming of football Christ here for Wisconsin to now being a Judas as he is Threw the ball eight times. Didn't need to, though, as the team ran for 290 yards. The duel of Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen, 289 of those 290. Rumbling, dude. Uh, Braylon Allen overcoming, a, what, a pair of fumbles? 140 yards, two tutties on just 12 carries. A career-long 70-yarder in the third quarter. And Ches Malusi, 149 yards. He was workman-like, 27 carries to get it done. Dude, how about... I- Probably the best play of that. You can say Braylon Allen's 70-yard Yeah, just steamrolling. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the Shaz Malusi sidestep spin. Uh, I I was going to lose five, but let me get a 20-yard touchdown. Yeah, a little. Uh, you put him in the spin cycle, right, RJ? Chaz Malusi. Hit that circle button. Well, I think it's becoming very clear that uh, Malusi and Allen are the one-two moving forward. Yeah. And right tackle. How about that? Catch me in the end zone. How about that? You seen Rowdy? <laughs> well, I, I think we you've also seen with Braylon Allen getting more carries the last couple weeks and Ches Malusi also still toting the rock and actually out carrying Braylon Allen. Mm-hmm. I think the distraction of Jalen Berger Who? or whatever that was that happened there Oops, where yeah. people were like, what the hell's going on? And it was kind of like a sideshow. I feel like uh, it was not a sideshow. Since yeah. since that incident has it's passed, bad. Malusi and Allen have uh, really rumbled. Now, Dude, Braylon Allen's a baller. Just also, the, ball. the offensive line looked about as good as it's played all year. Yep. Right. And, and the defense. That's going to have to continue against Iowa. Oh, my God. The defense. How about Leo Chanel, dude? That defense is nasty. Well, and, and we finally had these guys start holding on to balls that were hitting them. And, in the hands and chest. Yeah, with the turnovers. Dude, yeah. the Badgers finally you getting went some from turnovers. Last, you went from 130th to tied for 122nd in uh, one game. I was chuckling at your Twitter account, RJ, when you were talking about, like, <laughs> turnover, like we're plus 11, oh, plus 10, oh, minus. Minus. It was a – nobody wanted to hang on to that ball in West Lafayette. Both teams no. wanted to cough everything up. Five total turnovers for uh, Purdue. Three interceptions, two fumbles, two fumbles for Wisconsin. Man, it was, I mean... The the defense only gave up seven points. The defense was insane for the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, stop me if you've heard that before. Insane by the Badgers. It's just the offense. I mean, Braylon Allen is a stud. I can't believe that dude's 17. I was actually surprised that Wisconsin ran the way they did against Purdue, who Purdue was a decent run defense. Mm -hmm. They do or have been able to get pressure on quarterbacks. And I thought overall the offensive line, yeah, they look good. I mean, obviously, 
Malusi on the one where he had that nifty yep. touchdown run. He had to like nifty. break a tackle in the in the backfield, but nifty, the majority nifty. of the time they were getting good blocks up front, and and it was a normal Wisconsin line. Yeah, yeah. and even even after that game, uh, now. Purdue on the ground is giving up 141 yards. Yeah, rushing. and that's that's after and, almost 300. Yeah, so I mean they're they're still a that defense is a good defense that yeah. Wisconsin finally just said, yeah, we're not doing so hot against your pass rush. Uh, we're just gonna do this now. Please it's, stop us. Uh, the the number ten. That is how many possessions Purdue had after the Boilermakers scored their lone touchdown in the second quarter. Ten. Those possessions included five turnovers, three punts, one turnover on downs, and one end of half. Yeah. <laughs> the Badgers' defense is nasty. I mean, yeah, like you said, Leo Chanel uh, what, missed the first two games. Yeah, because of Rona. And that's after. And then is still leading the team in tackles. He's insane. Tackles for loss. I mean, it's just ridiculous what he's doing. And, and even when we're talking about Chanel, Purdue scored twice. Like they, they scored thirteen points. Once. But how about the defense? The exactly. defense scored. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the other score that they went down and got was because Leo Chanel got called for a face mask where he didn't even. I I, I still the, don't understand. There it. is a penalty for the, grabbing the the back the, back, the helmet. But there's a penalty for grabbing an open. Orifice. It, it's, yeah, sure. Hole. The, uh, he yeah, literally just had his hand around open, the helmet. An yeah. opening in the helmet. Yeah. yeah. That's a penalty. Now, what Leo Schnell did was not because he didn't grab anything. No, no. he just that, had his hand that on the guy's helmet. helmet wasn't tight. Like, yeah, the, there's anything, no way that helmet should pop off because the equipment no, manager should have got his ass kicked. There was kicked no for that, grabbing of the helmet. There was nothing that happened there that would lead you to believe. And you have to call it a face mask because it's nothing else. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. He literally so, just tackled the guy and his hand was on the back of his helmet. Right. He wasn't under anything. No, it's like his arm hit his helmet and the helmet went yeah. flying off. That's on the guy for not wearing his equipment properly. And my only other... Yeah, you tell him, RJ. is a 15-yard penalty, but tell never him. gets called. Tell him, RJ. My only other know. stink in the game was the uh, fumble. The tipped football that was then caught by the offensive lineman, and yeah. they said he was down before the ball was... The ball was clearly it was between loose his legs. Yeah. While he, before he touched down. Yeah. The same exact play happened the next day in our <laughs> Packer game, yeah. and they rule it a fumble. Saturday. The Wisconsin Badgers, Rowdy, rumble their way to a victory over the Purdue Boilermakers. It was a very ugly game until, you know, the Badgers kind of took control at the end there. The defense for Wisconsin is just insane. Leo Chanel is a monster. That dude is a wild boy. He is crazy. What, leading the team in a bunch of stats, right, and missed the first two games. Because of uh, a positive yeah, COVID could you test. Only, you can only imagine how many more statistics he would have acquired in those first two games, especially when one of those games was Eastern Michigan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the number 15, that is how many straight times Wisconsin now has beat Purdue. The longest streak by either team in the series. Wisconsin, six sacks on the game. They now have 18 on the season, including 12 combined against Purdue and Notre Dame. And Rowdy, Braylon Allen, let's look at offense now. Braylon Allen, what the hell were you doing when you were 17 years old? Would have been a junior in high school. Yeah, same. What the hell were you doing? (laughs) You weren't rumbling like this guy, were you? I guess we would have heard about it. So what was I doing? Probably being a skater punk, trying to get drunk in a field, and probably smoking some ditch weed or something. 
I was not doing what Braylon Allen was doing. This guy is a monster. So Badgers control their own destiny still, Rowdy. It's something that we were joking about last week, saying how long will yeah, we Yeah, how long will we go? And I think um, we, a lot of us came to the consensus that uh, if they got past Purdue, would we be talking about them past the weekend of Iowa? Mm-hmm. Well, they got past Purdue. They didn't just get past Purdue. They smoked Purdue. Like, let's be honest. Without... Without once again the offense giving Purdue another score, Merch, dude. I mean, Purdue got shut down. Yeah, Purdue got they got silenced. Purdue had negative thirteen yards rushing. <laughs> they had two hundred and nineteen yards passing. Graham Mertz just can't help but love scoring for the other team. That dude loves helping the other team you, out. You take away the fumbles that Wisconsin had. You take away the fact that the offense gave Purdue another score, and then you say some of the dumbassery that was of the replay system. Mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin could have won that fifty to nothing. Like, yeah, th- I mean, it was just, dude, Wisconsin just rumbled. It was, the defense is a beast. It was probably the best game that they've played this year. And Graham Mertz threw how many passes in the second half, Rowdy? One. And he completed how many? Zero. In the second half. Graham, Wisconsin threw the ball eight times. Well, it was finally for for the second, I would say for the, the second Big Ten game this season, it was where the offensive line actually looked dominant, actually looked better, like a closer to a Wisconsin line that we all know and love. Like that Illinois game. Yeah. They went out there and just physically dominated Illinois in the trenches. And then obviously we've seen it against Eastern Michigan, but... Eastern Michigan is such a step down from the other two teams that we just named. Yeah, they're nothing. Outside of that, though, you haven't seen this type of play from the offensive line. And I think if you had, even with Graham Mertz still not playing the best, they probably only have one loss, and that's to Michigan. And that still was a competitive game in the second half until Graham Mertz uh, hurt his shoulder. Yeah. Okay, so Rowdy, Braylon Allen, the truth. Chesma Lucy, workman-like, the truth. Graham Mertz. And oh, by the way, that's going to be your um, running back combination for like the next couple of years. Good, because they're freaking awesome. Uh, Braylon Allen, wow. The duo combined for 289 of the team's 290 yards. Uh, Braylon Allen, the pair of fumbles obviously was tough, but whatever. Uh, rumbled 140 yards, two toddies, 12 carries. Had that 70 yard long you know, scamper in the third quarter, it was nice. Ches Malusi, 149 yards, 27 carries, getting the job done. Cool spin move, put a Purdue defender in the spin cycle, took it to the uh, the house in the second quarter. Rowdy, the liability, Graham Mertz. If they are to beat Iowa on Saturday, homecoming, 11 o'clock kick, is it all just solely predicated on running the football then? Is Wisconsin just that one-dimensional, but that's fine because that's how good they are at doing it, is running well, the rock? We talked about this a little bit earlier, but this this is how I look at Wisconsin versus Iowa. I would say Iowa's offensive line better than Wisconsin's for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Now, if we see what Wisconsin has done at the offensive line play in the Illinois or Purdue game, if they get that type of performance from the offensive line, I'd say it's pretty closer to even. I would say if you look at the running backs, I would say Wisconsin is better with Braylon uh, Allen and um, Ches Malusi. Mm-hmm. I would say at skilled positions at tight ends, we know that Iowa and Wisconsin both historically have good tight ends. And if you have a Pryor and you have a Davis, you would say that Wisconsin's got solid wide receivers. I mean, Iowa's decent, nothing special. Yeah. 
But you look at the defense. Both defenses are really good. I would say Wisconsin's is better. But the one major thing is turnovers and turnovers from the quarterback. Petrus, I mean, his one big knock is, well, they don't ask him to do much besides not turn it over. He hasn't turned it over as much as Graham Mertz does. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin's always asked the same thing from their quarterbacks is, you know, be efficient and don't turn the football over because we've always been bitching for, I guess, decades now that all they need is one good quarterback. And when you don't have a good quarterback, all you need is someone that's efficient that can hand the football off and make the throws when it's third and five. Okay, is that Graham Mertz? Well, he hasn't been he hasn't been very good this season, and obviously, it, can he make the throws when we need him to? Outside of that two drives against Michigan, he really hasn't. Graham, what what a conundrum! But but you look go right through it, and the only difference so I would confusing. say between Iowa and Wisconsin is you know Iowa's offensive mind might be a little bit better. Um, Wisconsin's defense is probably better. So it's all little small things here or there or else the big major difference between the two teams is Wisconsin has turned the football over this year. Iowa has forced turnovers. That's the difference. And that's why when you look at it through Vegas's eyes, they have Wisconsin favored by three in this game, which on a neutral field is telling you that uh, Wisconsin and Iowa are pretty much even teams. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin favored I, by I, a field goal. I truly believe the winner of this game uh, on Saturday will be the team that has the least amount of turnovers. Oh, yeah, totally. And can Graham Mertz take care of the ball? And I got Braylon Allen as well. And now, like, line. if Ben Kenny said the score was going to be 13-6, to six, I'd actually believe him in this game. <laughs> Same. One of the most disheartening things out of that game, though, the score was at 13 apiece. The Wisconsin Badgers on offense are on the one-yard line. First and goal on the one-yard line. Hell, they were even inside the one-yard line. They went four plays, negative three yards, and didn't score. That was so disappointing. What I, it's was like that? I, I never. It's like we weren't even watching Wisconsin football. In and I tweeted out, "What world are you, Wisconsin Badgers football? And you are playing a Purdue, and you get the ball first and goal from the one yard line, and you can't punch it in. It's it's insane. And there wasn't even one fullback dive." It, just, just what you said alone, Rowdy, like you're Wisconsin football. I don't even need, to see, I don't need the to see one. a fullback dive. I just need to see someone get in the end zone any way possible. I don't care if it's a, a dive or how about just a, a run to the, to the halfback or a quarterback sneak. I mean, how they couldn't punch that in for one yard and how Braylon Allen wasn't given a carry down it's, there. It, it blows my mind. Well, that was after he had coughed the ball up, right? So still, I mean, he if he's gonna be your guy and one of your future guys, pound him. He's the guy that's the he's he's the power back. Yeah, Braylon Allen, uh, who fumbled twice before the seventy yard big run he broke off, and he had said after the game, "quote My favorite college player, Melvin Gordon, started his best game the same way," and that's what was going through my head. I know I could bounce back from it. I had just to keep my mind straight, and he did that. I mean, he fumbled the ball twice, and then he came out and popped off that seventy yard run. You're like, all right, this guy's rumbling again. But going back to that play where you have the inside the one and you spend almost a minute and get negative three yards and can't score is like something needs to happen with that offense, dude. I don't know if it's like well, it's what and, is going and on other, with the play the other thing with the offense is when the offensive line has played well in the I guess three to four games that you would qualify say that it, it played well enough and, and and solid, Graham Mertz hasn't been solid. No. 
And then when Graham Mertz looks really good against Michigan for those couple drives, the offensive line was just complete trash. Yeah. Such a confusing season, dude. The, uh, nothing has really clicked for the Wisconsin Badgers other than their defense. Special teams has been spotty. Offensive line play, spotty. Quarterback play, spotty. I mean, even secondary po- play to a point. And yet they're four and three. They Control beat, their own destiny. They beat a ranked opponent on the road in Purdue. And now they take on Iowa at home. And, yes, they control their own destiny. It can still represent the West in the Big Ten Championship game. Yep, pretty crazy. But you know what? It hurt my heart a little bit. When I made it down to uh, Dubuque and had to cash some of my tickets. Oh, no. Yeah, Rowdy went gambling. I had to look at the uh, Wisconsin over nine and a half, and I go, son of a bitch. (laughs) This team is going to finish nine and three, and I'm going to rip my hair off and be pissed. Yeah. Because that's that's how it's playing out now. They'll win a garbage game against Iowa where it's like 10 to 7. Then they'll beat Rutgers because they're awful. They'll beat uh, Northwestern because they're awful. Frost will somehow lose the game for Nebraska and Wisconsin would win. (laughs) And then they'll they'll little brother Minnesota and they'll finish 9 and 3. And I'll sit there and just say un- Effing believable. You say what could have been un-effing believable. Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan. I mean, the Penn State game, they should have won. The Notre Dame game got out of hand because of Graham Mertz. They were winning 13 to 10 with like 10 minutes left in the game. And then it just unraveled. What is Graham Mertz, dude? What what are you? Just so confusing. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Is it your favorite Badger pipeline from the north? Well, it isn't Troy. What's up, dude? How's it going? I'm doing well, man. I mean, we got the Badgers, yeah. despite you know Graham Mertz's confusion. We got the Badgers winning. We got the uh, the Packers winning. Hell, even throw the Bucks in on Saturday in San Antonio. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I chimed in at the right time here. You're talking about the Badgers because I'm somehow somebody's going to have to tell me that if you're a defensive coordinator, why you're not saying put an extra guy up in the box and make Mertz beat you. And I think Iowa will do that um, just because he hasn't proven yet, you know, that he can that he can beat us or beat anybody, but that you were talking about that play calling on the one-yard line. What was up with that? Running the jet sweep to the short side of the field? <laughs> that was bad, dude. We, we don't run that, like, for two and a half games, and then all of a sudden we run it to the short side. It was like, come on, fellas. But that, that uh, unfortunately, you know, I think keeps everything in perspective. I want to get excited about Iowa coming to town, but we just got to remember that not too long ago we had some things go really, really sour, which was – you know, like that series with the one yard line. So I'm, I'm with you, Rowdy. (laughs) Oh, it's just, it's just been a frustrating year because it's like, they're right there a lot of times. And it's just like, they keep having mishaps. They shoot themselves in the foot. And like, like you said, with the jet sweep, I'm sitting here going, I don't even care what we do. Just put it in the end zone. I don't get how we can't do that. But where's our famous, uh, where's our famous dive play? Yeah, there, yeah, there's nothing. Well, hell, then it happened again uh, again for the football team against the Packers on Sunday. They had um, friggin' Taylor Taylor Heineke gave himself up at like the inch mark, and then he couldn't punch it in the next play. Well, to you both gotta, of you guys, yeah. you got to like that guy though, huh? He yeah, we're number four, Brett Favre. I felt bad know, that he couldn't get his Lambo leap in. Yeah, he, I mean he did, but it didn't count. What right. are you going to say, Robbie? Oh, I was just like to both of your guys' points. Troy talked about the jet sweep inside the three-yard line. You hardly have ran it all season, and now you run it in east-west play when all you need is one yard north-south. Yeah, just go forward. And then the, the, the fullback dive is literally the play you call like every fourth and one. 
and yep. you're on the one and you did. Ugh. I don't yeah. get it. I, I don't are know. They, are they I, trying to well, outsmart Troy, themselves? Troy, or like, I, th- what, I thought doing? it was really hard to get into UW because you had to be smart. Like, what what happened to the smarts on that play? Just just pound it up the middle. Just go. Right. You know, um, a year ago we were blaming Joe Rudolph. You know, it's like God, he's got he's lost all his imagination. And now when you when you see a series like that, and at that time that was a you know, well, it's crazy because you, you don't even need an imagination to put the ball in. Just I know. I me, know, me I know. take ball. Me run forward. Yeah, I I still think uh, you know, Merch is going to have to come out of his shell, and Ugh. we're going to have to get something out of him to to win. Um, That's scary I, thought. You, you know, and then you think down the road if they would run the table, play in Ohio State. My God, the offensive speed and weapons they have. It was, I don't know. Well, I, you know, I look at it this way. Whoever comes out of the West to go to the Big Ten title game, <laughs> it's like going to be like shark bait. Right. Well, ask, ask Indiana what they thought of that this last weekend. My yeah, God. Yeah. Hey, it's good to talk to you guys. Yeah, we missed uh, you, Troy. What's new, brother? I, How you been? It's good. Everything's good. Everything's good. Just enjoying life and uh, just enjoyed chiming in with you guys in the morning here. I love so. it, dude. I love it. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the zone one two five. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Oh, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, it may not be the prettiest, but a win's a win. Wasn't that ugly? Packers get it done. 24-10 over the football team. I got to say, Taylor Heineke, I felt for you, brother. I really wanted you to get that Lambo leap. I knew you were a Packers fan, and I knew you wanted to, you know, honor your dad. And I thought for a second you had that touchdown. I felt for you. I'm like, yeah, this guy got a Lambo leap. Good for him. And then they went back and reviewed it. The guy gave himself up, and then he fumbled the ball, and the Packers take over. Rowdy, it wasn't pretty, like I said, but the Packers get it done. Good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Yeah, just another win. Just another ho-hum win, huh? Just another... There was moments where you're like, damn! Like when Aaron Rodgers went across the body and found Devontae Adams. That was badass. A big Bob Tunyon on tight ends. I never even knew it was a thing. Tight ends day? I had no idea. There's a day for everything these days. I don't. There's probably like eight of them today. Uh, Mercedes Lewis rumbling too on tight ends day. That was nice to see. Aaron Rodgers, though, man, there was drives, especially the opening drive for the Packers. There were drives where Rodgers just looked like a surgeon out there. He was just looked incredible. I loved the Packers throwbacks with the, the long flowing hair of Rodgers just kind of calling the shots and doing things. I thought it was fantastic. You like those jerseys? Well, you know me, Rowdy. I have different tastes than you do. I assumed you didn't like them, and I liked them. I would prefer to stick with the classics. <laughs> yeah, I love the classics too, but I did enjoy the I did enjoy the jerseys. I thought something about Rogers in them, and how he's dictating everyone, and and then just going out there and being surgical. I thought it looked it was pretty. Not that saying I always have them, but I like that we uh, got to get a taste of them. And Rowdy, the Packers were so bad in the fifties. The Packers kind of exercised the fifties demons with that uh, win, twenty-four to ten. 
What was uglier, Rowdy? The game, the play of the Packers, or the jerseys, in your opinion? The jerseys. You didn't like them at all? They looked like the blue ones to me. Like, you know, the blue and like... Yeah, I kind of like those too. They looked like they were the exact same design, just different colors. Well, the blue ones had the yellow circle in the middle. I like those too, though. Rowdy and I have different fashion sense. We, I think that's well documented. But the Packers themselves get it done. Devontae Adams, dude, that catch Devontae Adams had on the sideline was just nasty. That guy is nasty. And other than that, I mean, I'm sure you got a lot of flack on Twitter. In fact, I saw a couple people tweeting at you. Rashawn Gary had a hell of a good game. Yeah, those those people come out every once in a while when Rashawn has a good game. (laughs) But I never hear anything when he doesn't, so... Uh, it's funny because I was listening to um, at 5.30 during the fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankees Farm Report. What was playing from Friday, Rowdy, because we play a little clip of our show, was us talking about Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary must have been listening. More evidence that everyone listens. Rashawn must have been listening on Friday. We inspired him with our, um, what would I say, our critique of his game, his play so far as a Green Bay Packer. Rashawn Gary, two of the four sacks. He also got a strip sack. On Taylor Heineke, that was uh, nice to see. And listen, Packers, Packers, that defense looked pretty good. That offense, as Aaron Rodgers said after the game, not clicking at all cylinders, not pretty, but workmanlike getting it done. It was just 6-1. and one. Rowdy, the Packers are at 6-1. and one. It's not the prettiest, but I full well expect them to start clicking sooner than later, don't you? Yeah, Packers are at 6-1, and one, and I think Aaron Rodgers said it best, though. We still haven't played a good football game yet. Yeah. Like, they still haven't put it all together. They're still not even close to being healthy. Yeah, right after the game, Rodgers, as Rowdy just said, just he put a little. I wrote down some cliff notes when he was saying, just not clicking yet, a little off on offense, but their identity is a scrappy team. Yeah, it was uh, it was a new way to win for the Packers. There really wasn't much of a ground game, right? Rodgers was talking about it too on the podium, saying they they couldn't do much in the grounded pound game, uh, unlike the Wisconsin Badgers, by the way, who we'll talk about you know coming up here as they run their way all over Purdue. Uh, but the Packers game, Rowdy, six and one. Did you expect the Packers to be sitting at six and one as we're uh, just finishing, concluding week seven here, Rowdy? Depends. Depends when you ask me. <laughs> if you ask me before the season and, and you told me they'd be six and one at this point, I go, okay, I could see it. They probably played pretty well, especially because they have a tougher schedule this year. Yeah. If you ask me after week one. I'd say probably no. No, after week one, I'm like, no, they stink. If you ask me after week two, after they uh, struggled against the Lions but got a win, I'd probably <laughs> say no. But, but again, here they're finding are. ways to win, just like in 2019, but they're missing like five good players. Yeah, everyone is banged up. Not everyone, but a lot of people banged up, obviously, for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, man, that uh, the first scoring drive for the Packers, when they just went down, and just got it done. It was I was like, man, Rodgers just looks freaking good. Uh, not on all cylinders. Rodgers very effective though. Three tutties, like I said. That one to Devontae Adams was sick, dude. Like Aaron Rodgers to Devontae across the body, found him in the middle. Then he runs in for the touchdown. That was sweet. When Rodgers hit Devontae Adams for that insane toe tapper on the sideline, where I don't even know how the dude Devontae caught it. Insane. That connection, Rodgers to Devontae Adams, is just wow. It's just insane. Uh, Rodgers was talking about Tay after the game, saying there is no 50-50 balls for Devontae. It's always in his favor. It's just that connection between the two is just mm, incredible. And then, I mean, we'll get into the game that happened, but now the Packers are on short week. They got to go in. This can be a doozy. I hope they're clicking on all cylinders come Thursday night. 
because they're going to Arizona to take on the undefeated Cardinals, who sit at seven and zero. That'll be the, the tall the tall task, right? That'll be the the telling of this team, right, Rowdy? If the offense can click on all cylinders. They go out to Arizona, take on Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt and company. Yeah, obviously it's a short week. They're the road team, so they got to go to Arizona, which makes their uh, week even shorter. Yep. And we know that uh, a lot of uh, Green Bay and just Wisconsin sports teams in general have struggled going out west. Yes, they have. Uh, Cardinals were at home too, yeah, because they took down, they beat the hell out of the Texans. No shock there. Uh, but, yeah, going out west, going to Arizona, take on the Cardinals. Um, Dude. I'm trying to figure this out, and I saw a lot of people talking about it. Are the Packers truly that good, or are the other teams that are playing just that bad? Because when you go and look at – now, I already say the Packers are, are good, obviously. Um, you don't just lock your way to 6-1. and one. But if you look at what happened yesterday, and I already mentioned it to start the show with Taylor Heineke, like, I guess, giving himself up. That way, That's why they didn't give him the touchdown and then the Lambeau leap. Then he went on to fumble the ball and turn over on downs. The Washington football team shot themselves in the foot, Rowdy, I don't know how many times in that game against the Packers. Are the Packers truly that good, which I lean that way, or are the teams they're playing against just that bad, like self-inflicted wounds, i.e. Taylor Heineke not getting in the end zone despite being able to rush it in no problem? Like, what is it for you? I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think they've necessarily – I think uh, some of the teams that they've played right now during uh, their schedule so far – haven't been as good as what some people thought they were going to be. I think a lot of people thought that uh, the football team was going to be a lot better, better and build off of what they did last year, making the the postseason, yeah. being a team that went seven and nine. But uh, hey, there was flashes pe- in yeah, that people, defense. People expected more. Obviously, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's hurt. Yeah, they thought Heineke was going to be a backup. Yeah. he's starting. But I mean, you look at the uh, the schedule that the Green Bay Packers have played. Originally, we were looking at it going. Dang, like this this is a really, really tough schedule of when on paper at the beginning of the year. Well, Jameis Winston kinda really hasn't taken a step in, yeah, in New came, Orleans. Came back to earth a little bit. Even though the Packers looked awful in that game. Yeah. San Francisco, I mean, that team is riddled with injuries for a second yeah, straight year. Again. Pittsburgh, I think that everyone thought that might be their last breath at a, a real Super Bowl opportunity with Big Ben and that that he's kind done. of uh, stinks. group of players. He stinks. Yeah, it looks like he's he's he stinks. He's done. And then Cincinnati was Cincinnati. Hey, they're good. Cincinnati is probably the best good. team they've played all year, and they found a way to win because um, no one could figure out how to yeah. kick a field goal in extreme wins. It, hey. Bengals are five and two, top of the AFC North. They're good. Like they're actually a good team. And then the Bears are what they are. Oof. And I would say that uh, Washington is probably, you know, fall short of expectations. So a lot of these teams the Packers are playing against, you know, <sighs> either injuries or haven't really, haven't really lived up to what some people thought they were going to be. But at the same time, like, t- like Green Bay is injured, big time, big time injured. Yeah, they haven't had a healthy offensive line all year. They've pieced it together, but they've looked good. Their secondary is a mess. The, the secondary and especially the corner spot, they're bringing in street free agents yeah. every other day. Yep. And even the linebacking, like the linebacking core, it's been injured. It's been banged up. It, oh, yeah, totally. The guy I mean, no, was, Preston Smith broke his streak. Yeah, yesterday. the guy that was um, the captain of the defense, 
the last couple of years, but not this year. Yeah. Zadarius, Zadarius Smith. Has, he was your best pass rusher. Back surgery. Hasn't played a game. Back surgery. Preston Smith now being out. I mean, Jair Alexander, one of the best yeah, corners in football. Even Kevin King. Hey, Kevin King, he's still a starter, believe it or not. I mean, so. you were going with your third corner who was a rookie was all of a sudden your number one. Yeah, and then you're getting guys like you said, Rowdy, who were like working at Subway like a week before. Not that extreme, but you get my gist. Uh, Preston Smith, like he broke his streak of uh, you know consecutive games. Uh, he he tweeted yesterday. Thought about typing some sentimental post, but f it. The streak ends today. Crying emoji. I just have to make the next one more memorable than the first one because uh, he had an oblique injury. Yeah, he came down with the brawn. <laughs> yep. So the Packers have been able to, and this is what I've been hearing a lot of people saying. Well, the teams they're playing against aren't that good. Well, the Packers haven't been pretty either, and as Rowdy just ran down the injuries, you don't luck your way into being 6-1 and one in the NFL. These are all professionals getting paid a lot of money to play at a high level. You don't luck your way to 6-1. and one. Well, we were talking about the injuries, and you look around, and, and corners, outside of offensive line, corner is probably the, the biggest spot of where everyone just seems to go down with anything. Yeah. How about some of the guys that they've they've picked up? Rasul Douglas, he played really well yesterday. He did. I thought. Said the little stinger he got for a yeah, little bit, but, but, but you he know came what I mean? Like in. overall, he, played good. he came in and he was a guy that off the street. Yeah, I now, thought he like broke his arm or something at first. Now he is he has played meaningful snaps in the NFL. It wasn't like he was a nobody. Yeah, but he has come in as a guy that was available and and played pretty well. He stepped up. I mean, he was. At times, it's been forced into being corner number two the last couple weeks. Yeah, he's the good one needed and, and called upon. He's a guy that you were hoping would be like corner number five. <laughs> yep. He's he's done well. Uh, let's see here. Darnell Savage had a hell of a game yesterday. I mean, you would kind of expect that because of war of attrition. Well, he's but been banged up this year, too, with nagging injuries. He had a good game. Um, you know, Shannon Sullivan's been pretty consistent, I would say. But the Packers, yeah. Like, Defensive line looked good. Yeah. How about D- dude, Dean Lowry with the uh, – was that a fumble or an interception? Fumble recovery. You well, could argue it could be an interception, but it was a fumble recovery. Kingsley Kiki had some really big plays. Yeah, big time. Devondre Campbell continues to be a beast in the middle there. He had 13 tackles. That dude's a monster. Um, and then Rowdy – I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. It was nice to see Rashawn Gary do something consistently – and then we'd got a taste a little bit of Whitney Merciless made his debut. They'd throw him in a bunch of, uh, what, third down plays to attack and get pressure on Taylor Heineke. Uh, he didn't, he was, he had some, what, pressures, I think. But outside of that, I mean, it was nice to see him get his feet wet, right? He just came into town on Wednesday. So the fact that they have been able to, you know, get a collection of people that haven't been around or played for the team before. Rasul Douglas to Whitney Merciless. It's been nice that the Packers have been able to do this, and we'll talk about it today. And Jalen Smith is still getting his feet wet too in a in a different scheme. Yeah, Hope, hoping he can continue to grow on that because I would say from where he looked two weeks ago to to let to yesterday, he looked a little bit better, but yeah. still hasn't looked great. But it's it's a guy that you're bringing in. It's yeah, a, it's a brand new guy that you're replacing because well, and you expect a lot from him. A lot of people are just getting injured yeah it's just kind of one of those years and you know water finds its level green bay for the last two years has stayed relatively really healthy definitely it's been it's been a nice little pleasant surprise so far sitting at six and one you know right after the game i know rowdy saw it i saw it too rogers saying like we're not clicking on all cylinders it's not pretty we're a little off but at the end of the day 
They're one of the best teams in football, sitting at six and one. And Rogers said it yesterday that they're not clicking on all cylinders, that they're just a scrappy team. The Packers record at six and one, you're never gonna apologize for it. You don't luck your way into six and one. And Rowdy and I know we talked about this to start the show a little bit about this. Well, the Packers are gonna get a little different flavor here coming up. Uh, I maybe a little bit. I mean, you got the Cardinals on Thursday. That's gonna be a tough game. They're undefeated. The Chiefs look like a shell of themselves. They kind of stink now. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be without probably Russell Wilson. That could be his first game back. And the Vikings, I don't know. And then you get the Rams uh, there to end the month of November. Looking at the schedule, which once looked like it would be a daunting task, right? Cardinals, Chiefs, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams. Now looks pretty manageable, except starting out Thursday, this is going to be a true test of the Green Bay Packers. Is it not like Rowdy, Nellie? True test will be Thursday night. Yeah, because, I mean, you see that this is a different defense for Arizona. They added J.J. Watt. Obviously, they still have other pieces. It's a defense that is is much better than what it was last year, and you're seeing Kyler Murray taking another step as a guy that's been in the league for another year. Mm -hmm. They added more pieces on offense. We knew that last year they got DeAndre Hopkins. Now this year they added A.J. Green. A lot of people question whether he'd be healthy or could stay healthy, and so far he has. They just traded for uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah, a a big time player out and in he Philly contributed. We yeah, won. <laughs> I mean they have a lot of pieces. They even with Larry Fitzgerald uh, retiring after last year, they still have like four deep of like really solid receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they good. I mean it's a it's a good roster and it's going to be a tough game, especially on. Well, technically it's four days after playing on Sunday, and we know that it's even shorter than that because it's a road game. Yeah. yeah. Looking at this Packers schedule, let's start right week one against the Saints. Obviously, the Packers, can we just throw that game out? That was like an outlier. The Packers look like a completely different team that uh, went to, what was it, uh, Jacksonville to take on the Saints. Um, that was just tough. The Saints, though, moving on, though, have the Saints kind of fallen off a little bit since that week one against the Green Bay Packers? They're sitting at, what, uh, three, three and two, two on the year? I mean, they're they're fine, they're like an average team, I would say. Um, and then you go back and look more at the Packers here. The next game they had was it's the Lions. They're terrible. They're defeated, but they do cover, right, Rowdy? The Lions. They play for your money. <laughs> they're 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 not short in effort. So then you get the Niners, and you said this, Nelly, and they're banged up like crazy. They're a shell of themselves. Steelers and Big Ben, he stinks. He should retire. Bengals are the only team that's. Um, when you look at the schedule that was against the Packers, right? Are the Bengals the only team that's a uh, like winning? Good? I think that's like good good. Like the Bengals are the Bengals have shown that that offense that they put together, especially with um Burrows and we have Joe Burrow and you have um Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. That connection that they had at LSU looks like it's really showing through in the NFL. And then obviously you add in T Higgins, you add in a Tyler Boyd, you add in a Joe Mixon, you add in a a decent offensive line. And then obviously just on the other side of the football, the defense has been pretty solid outside of a terrible kicking clinic (laughs) by both McPherson and Crosby. I mean, that was a really good game Mm -hmm. and Packers, even with all those missed field goals, still found a way to win. And it was in Cincinnati. So after the game, Rodgers said that not many people would have expected the Packers to rattle off six straight wins. 
Did you guys expect the Packers no. to rattle off six straight? No, no. and I didn't think the defense would look as good as it has, too, especially after that first game against New Orleans and even against Detroit because we knew Detroit wasn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. And they went right down in that first half. It was really the first six quarters of the season. I'm already sitting there wondering if I'm going to have to scream if Joe Barry should be fired. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, some people, some people some, did scream that week one, some, Rowdy. Fire. Some, some people still are screaming that. Yeah. Uh, here's Rogers. Well, well, like seriously, those first six quarters, I don't know if it could have got much worse no. for Joe Barry starting. And you're now you're starting to really question. Well, he did have all these terrible defenses. Yeah, they might not have had a lot of talent on them, but they were terrible. Yep, and now in the first six quarters of this year, it was like. There's talent here, but this looks awful. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit, and obviously you, you give a lot of the players like Rasul Douglas and the yeah, I have to and the uh, the players that have, were signed during the season that have stepped in and played really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see uh, comments here from Rogers really quick. Let me just. Hit on a short week on the road, it's gonna be a great test for us. I feel good about where we're at, six and one. Uh, not many people would have expected this. Maybe looking at our schedule starting the season. Definitely not after week one. So I'm proud of our guys, the way we're playing, getting contributions from a lot of different guys uh, who weren't necessarily on the roster maybe to start the season or, or were add-ons this year. So there you go, Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. They've been bringing a lot of guys that have uh, played well for the backers. Well, and that's the thing because it is a lot of the guys that have been brought in or the draft picks because – a majority of the guys that were constants the last couple of years, they're on the shelf. Yeah. Well, look like Devondre Campbell, street free agent. Bring him in. Uh, like we said earlier, Rowdy, Jalen Smith still getting his feet wet. You have Rasul Douglas at times looking good. You got uh, uh, Whitney Merciless got in a bunch of uh, third down snaps. Or how about the musical chairs at offensive line? Yeah. Yeah. Right now you got the- And that's a lot of young guys. There are only five teams now. Five NFL teams with one or zero losses after week seven. All of them are in the NFC. The Cardinals, the Bucks, the Rams, Packers, and the Cowboys. Cowboys on bye yesterday or this week. So looking at this, I mean, parody the NFL, yeah, the Packers once had a hard schedule to start the season. Now it's shaping up nicely for them. You're never going to apologize for it. They're all professionals. Still going to go out there and play. Uh, the biggest game, obviously, is going to be Thursday night. Packers get it done, 6-1. and one. Big matchup looms for the green and gold. Short rest, short week. Thursday night football against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. It's going to be a doozy, but Rowdy, um, let's see here. Aaron Rodgers was talking about how, and this is what I don't get, Aaron Rodgers, how would you, how would you describe Aaron Rodgers' performance against the uh, football team? He was 27-35, to 35, 274 yards, three touchdowns, a QBR of 76.8, and a rating of 127.6. Rodgers described this team as scrappy. How would you describe Rodgers' performance itself, though? I would say solid, efficient. I mean, we haven't seen the prime Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers yeah. that we did in like from 2010 till about 2017, mm-hmm. where he's just out there just throwing the football all over. With Matt LaFleur, obviously the scheme's much different, and it's more find the open receiver. We're going to run the football. We're going to open things up through running the football and, and through our scheming instead of more of the Mike McCarthy, well, we just have amazing receivers and we're going to play some uh, schoolyard football, just get open and we're going to chuck the ball downfield. Yeah. Now that hasn't, that hasn't the new style and scheme of Matt LaFleur hasn't led to the statistics he put up while he did under Mike McCarthy, but the games look, the games are a lot 
I don't know if I want to say this. I'm I'm probably going to just say it a lot more boring. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Because they're not winning games like 45. Workman, it's yeah. like it's like it, I know what you're it, saying, yeah. It's not 45 to like 35 anymore cuz the defense was complete yeah. ass and Aaron Rodgers is running all over chucking it. 80 yards down the field for a touchdown. Just like schoolyard ball. Yeah, it's well, he's like, like structured the, now. Yeah, it's more structured, like playing within like the hero offense. Ball. Here's a nice little open receiver at 10 yards. We're going to hit him here right out of his break, and he's yeah. going to get 25. Yeah. It's Yeah, much more structured and not such wild. More structured, less hero the, ball. You know, head on, hair on fire, just rolling around all over. Yeah, but structured is, is a better word. Yeah, structured. Now, check this out. Rodgers... If you heard about this after the game, Rodgers, and this is news to me. I did not realize that even at home games, that you have to stay in a team hotel the night before home games. So, oh yeah, you didn't know this. Well, I knew about his back after the game, but I thought you could just like chill at your house and they get to the stadium. Like Ooh, I didn't no, know you had to stay no, at teams, a team hotel before your own story for before you. your own home game. So Rodgers woke up Sunday with a stiff back hours before the game. And he called it an antiquated procedural thing in the league. I thought you could just chill at your house. That's why like, you live around the area, obviously. So he goes, you know, Rogers talks about it before Rowdy has something to say. I woke up this morning and my back was killing me. It was all locked up and I came in here early. Maybe you guys know this or don't know this, but there's an antiquated uh, procedural thing in our league where the most important night of sleep, we stay at a hotel. <laughs> and I don't want to blame it on the hotel. It's a nice hotel. But my bed at the house that I'm sleeping every other night of my time here in Green Bay would probably be a little bit of a better uh, option, um, I think. Pretty bizarre that you can't stay at your own place when no, you live of, in the area for teams do game. that. Well, it's a NFL procedure, I guess. And that, yeah, that's even like, I know in, in college football, a lot of times. You, you knew that, that for the whole yeah. time? Yeah. Was it your whole life you knew that? Yeah. Really? And that's why I got this. It's a really funny story. Okay. So go for it. Uh, my buddy, who is. Dad, my buddy's up, dad's cousin's best friend's wife. My buddy's dad, he grew up closer to the Green Bay area, and his uncle was younger than him, and he used to work at this said uh, hotel that would house both of the away and the home team before the games for the for the Packers. Now this is in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. So a younger guy, bartender at this ho- nice hotel. Brett Favre would come down every Saturday. Oh, I know this one. And he would come down and he would uh <laughs> he would buy a Mountain Dew soda can. <laughs> and he Which is poison for you, yellow five, which is FDA approved poison for you. And so my buddy's uncle would hand him his, his Mountain Dew and Brett would hand him a hundred dollar bill and then he would finish his Mountain Dew and he'd lean over and say you want to top that off with Miller Lite? Yeah. So it'd be the Mountain Dew can yeah. that he now tops off with Miller Lite. And according to my buddy and his uncle, some nights Brett would sit there and, you know, he'd be out of there pretty early, have six beers. Other nights, Brett would close the place and he'd have like 18. One time he had like 18 beers that night and then still threw four touchdown passes that next day. And it was a noon kick. And that's why... The people of Wisconsin loved Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, that's why they read me Toby Keith's I Love This Bar to I Love Brett Favre. Yeah, uh, did not realize, I guess, and shame on me for not knowing this weird rule that you have to stay in the team hotel before your own home game. That's in that's in high school, or not high school, that's in uh, NFL and in college a lot of times they'll stay at hotels. Home games? Even yeah. for Wisconsin? Yeah, not all the time. I, I don't, don't know they if live it's all on the time, campus? but I know they do do that, yeah. 
Really? Yeah. The Wisconsin Badgers, home game, staying on team hotel together. I know they've done it in the past. I don't know about every single game, every single year. That even extra bizarre. Um, yeah, but there you go. Aaron Rodgers said the bed that he was staying on doesn't want to blame it on the hotel, which is a nice hotel, as he said, but my bed at the house that I sleep on every other night, a lot better option. So Aaron Rodgers, wild. Goes out there, 27 and 35 passes, 274 yards, three tutties, no interceptions with a bum back because of a hotel bed. So you got Rodgers, who's not naming any names. They maybe take a hit for their uh, their accommodations. Was it A.J. Brown who said he ate Chipotle, Rowdy? <laughs> yeah, he said he's never eating fast food again, just to follow up to his tweet, by the way. And then Chipotle reached out and said they wanted to make it up to him. He said, no, not not doing it, not going to be eating it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The RJ says the two deep stays at the in-towner uh, for Wisconsin football. Yeah. Why? That's so dumb. That's why. You literally live on campus. You can just you can walk to the stadium in like five minutes. So bizarre. All right, 608 321 Twitter Zone Madison. I never understood hotel beds anyway. I'm not saying as nice ones as Aaron Rodgers, obviously. I never understood why they put the bar of the fold-out couch like right in the middle of your back. I never – I mean, I get it because of the you know, ergonomics and like the probably the uh, the engineer that you know designed it, but Jesus. Let's get a little better for the, uh, the mattress here on the bed. Aaron Rodgers on a bum back getting it done. Buccaneers and Tom Brady were going at it. Tom Brady makes history. He finds Mike Evans for pay dirt for his 600th touchdown. I was watching that. I, that was the the second game that uh, yep. was on national TV. So, uh, yeah, that's what I was tuning into. Tom Brady, who is the GOAT, the most handsome man in the world, he became the first NFL quarterback to pass for 600 touchdowns. And what does Mike Evans do? The receiver who caught Tom Brady's 600 touchdown pass, what does Mike Evans do? He gives that football to a fan in the stands. Well, I would imagine that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, more specifically Tom Brady, would want to have that ball because that's NFL history. 600th touchdown pass ever. So Rowdy, equipment manager from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has to go to the stands and starts talking to the fan that Mike Evans gave this ball to. In fact, Tony Romo had a little piece on here. You know, negotiations in NFL history. <laughs> right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's 600. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, no a day with Giselle. A day with Giselle and I'm in. Tom? Okay, Tom will do it. No love it. One time, you got it. Did Tony Romo just suggest that Tom Brady would give up his wife to get back the 600 touchdown ball? <laughs> Supermodel Giselle? Tommy really likes football, that man. Well, here's the thing, Rowdy. So I've been following this story just like a lot of other people. The fan in the stands... They're negotiating. Something's being said. I'm sure this fan is going to get something nice. But after the game, the article started to come out. The first one I saw was a memorabilia dealer said the fan who gave back Tom Brady's football, that could have lost him half a million dollars. $500,000 was what the jumping off point was for that football that Tom Brady threw to Mike Evans. $500,000. This morning, I saw an update. Now they're saying this guy likely lost out on $750,000 for giving this ball back to Tom Brady. Rowdy, question. You're in the stands. Mike Evans just gave you Tom Brady's 600 touchdown football. The trainer comes up to you, Rowdy. He says, hey, man, that's Tom Brady's. We can work out a deal. 
what do you do, Rowdy? Well, it sounds like from those numbers, it sounds like you uh, tell Tom Brady he's got to pay $1,000 a touchdown. <laughs> so this is this one just happens to be six hundred. So you, you want you want just over half a million dollars then. <laughs> so Rowdy, uh Tom Brady's net worth is two hundred and seventy million dollars. Giselle's net worth is four hundred million dollars. The Brady's are worth six hundred and seventy million dollars net worth. Just by looking up those two. The guy comes up to you, and you full well knowing that that's a 600 touchdown ball. That's NFL history. Probably going to go either in Canton or Tom Brady's personal Hall of Fame. Uh, Tom Brady probably should get his own wing, by the way. Ed Canton, are you are you are you giving this ball up just for that? Just what would you do? Would See, you I give actually, the ball up? I thought about this, and I'm like, man, what would I like? Because you can't just. You can't just give it away for nothing. You can't just say, oh, yeah. Well, did you hear what the, on the broadcast they were talking about? Supposedly, like, you know, the I forget who the sideline reporter was, but she's like, oh, according to, like, the equipment manager, whoever it was for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they traded out a different used ball <laughs> from the game mm-hmm. and a memorabilia signing with Tom Brady, like a meet and greet memorabilia. Like here, I'll sign your, I'll sign a football or I'll sign like your Jersey. And it's something like that. Could you imagine like if, if that's what he got, he gets a, if that report was true, yeah, he gets a game used football from that game. Okay. So that's worth like 20 bucks. It's nothing. All right. Probably more than that, but that's it's not, not meaningless. Worth, yeah. That's compared to what you just had worth pennies of the yeah. $600 one. And then you get, I think it was like a jersey, an autographed jersey, and to meet Tom Brady. <laughs> the autographed jerseys still, what, maybe $1,000, a couple thousand dollars? You it's just, not that much. You just gave up at minimum a half a million dollars to a guy that's worth $270 million. Yeah, but I kind of thought about it. I was like, man. And you're a Buccaneers. This guy's a Buccaneers fan. I'm sure he's a Tom Brady fan because, you know, Tom Brady won in the Super Bowl last year. See, I... I I thought about this for a while, and you know, you know what I think I would actually do? I think uh, ask I, for that I would, date with Giselle. No, I would, uh, <laughs> I would have um, discountedly sold it to him, not the six hundred thousand, but I would have got a nice, solid, pretty penny for it. Yeah, and then I would have asked for a like a private dinner with Tom Brady, like nice five star, and like, Giselle or just Tom. If she wanted to come along, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> <laughs> My. But you know what I mean? I wanted like I was gonna say like maybe <laughs> cheaper cheaper football for the than the six hundred thousand. Yeah. But how about like a one on one nice five star dinner where you're eating like crazy food on Tom Brady with Tom Brady? It's got to be at least an hour long. Oh, it, dude! If you go if you go out to eat for a dinner like that, it, an hour is like a blink of an eye. You need you need like. There's courses that are happening. Yeah, I don't do that regularly, but... uh, Yeah, you need like three hours. If I'm this guy, first of all, I'm full well debating if I'm even giving this ball back right away. (laughs) I would be holding this thing hostage. So so you're still thinking about it while you're at the dinner. Yeah, yeah, I still have the ball with me. So here's what I'm telling the... Exactly. Here's what I'm telling Tom. It's like, all right, Tom. I have the ball in my possession. I'm not giving it back. I have it cradled like a baby. I'm not not leaving this iron grip of mine. It's like, here's what we're going to do, Tommy. After the game's over, and I'll let you, you know, cool down, whatever, but we're going to go out for a nice dinner, like you said, Rowdy. We're going to go out for a nice dinner. The tab's on you, Tom, and we're going to talk about how much money you need to give me for this ball to leave my grip. 
my iron death grip. So as we're out to dinner, Rowdy, in that seven, eight, nine course meal, I have the ball so tight that my arm is like turning purple, that it's gripped so tight. And as we're eating dinner, we're negotiating pay. We're negotiating pay. And as you're doing it, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at your phone. You're like, oh, well, Tom, the, this collector just said half a million dollars. Well, this collector just said $750,000. I probably would part with it. I, I would do Tom a favor. I'd say like $250,000. The tab's all on him for that crazy dinner we have. And I have to get tickets. If there's a Super Bowl run, I have to get tickets to the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Now, if I was Tom Brady, you know what I would do? I would go to the said meeting. Hire a hitman? And, no, no, no. I would go to the said meeting, and, you know, buy the dinner. Haha, you do your little jokes for an hour or two. And then I would turn to Mike Evans and go, now go buy me my ball for this much. <laughs> there are so many things this guy could have done. Now, I don't know what he's going to get. Now, go, go get me my ball. I don't know what this guy. I'm gonna. There's an interview with uh, him out there. I'm going to find it and see what he has to say. But this guy, could you imagine? You're in the stands. History was just made. And then some trainer comes up to you and says, yo, we need that ball. And then you probably are caught up in the moment. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll just can I get like a signed jersey. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then you go home to find out you're trending on the Internet and you just gave away half a million to a $750,000. I'd be sick. Oh, my God. Something's good. Got to come out of it. Or, you know, you know, it's like the wedding crashers, Rowdy. The painting was a gift, Todd. It's coming with me. I, I, I tell Tom Brady, Mike Evans gave me that painting. I want my painting back. The painting was a gift, Todd. I'm taking it with me. That's what I would have said to Tom Brady. Like, Mike Evans, it was a gift from Mike Evans. You got to pry it out of my cold, dead hands or give me like a million dollars. This guy was set up for a payday. He probably got bunk now. Unbelievable. But yeah, Rowdy. Yeah, he probably went from what? That uh, if it he really did get a different football from the game and a signed jersey or whatever and a meet and greet with Tom Brady probably went from like a six hundred thousand uh, dollar estimated value to about a six thousand dollar value. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine? You have a football in your hands that's worth anywhere well, from half to and especially when there's of a like eighty thousand people at said game and you're the one individual that happened to get the ball given to him. <laughs> Crazy. I'd be wheeling and dealing. I think I would ask for a date with Giselle too. Would you? Would you try to parlay it into a date with Giselle too? No, I'd be nothing interested. nefarious. Just no. nothing nefarious. No, I would be interested. Say Tony Romo had his like 200th touchdown pass, you know, 300, whatever he finished with, and it was a big uh, thing at the time. Would you? Would Tony Romo have been all right with uh, allowing his wife to go out on a date with the guy that is 300 touchdowns? Yeah. Uh, oh, was it Jessica Simpson at the time? Uh, Could have been. Go Giselle. <laughs> I told you this story before, Rowdy, but there's a guy, um, Float. There's like float tanks down on the square, Float Madison. One of his buddies who owns a float, like you sit in like salt water and you just like, it deprives your senses. It's supposed to be really like, I'd love to like take psychedelics and go do Remember it. Remember when they came in here and they're like, you guys should try it out. Yeah. And then I, we never did. I know. I need to do that. Well, that guy's friend who owns float tanks like in the Massachusetts area, Boston area, he, at the time when Brady was there, was working on Tom Brady's own float tank that he had in his house. And Giselle, Tom's wife, literally, I'm not kidding, he said this is all true, walks around their mansion naked. Yeah, didn't you hear? She was actually one of the first that started the trend of working from home. (laughs) Yeah. And the guy's like, 
This job is awesome, man. I've seen supermodels walk around naked this mansion. I'm at Tom Brady's house. Found the interview of the man who gave up the half a million to $750,000 football that Tom Brady wanted after throwing his 600th pass. Wow. All right, Rowdy. This guy is an interesting cat. He's wearing this weird, like, uh, I don't know how to describe It's like a safari hat, but it's like a bucket hat kind of. I don't even. You see guys running on the golf course or on the beach. He's got a nice little jersey on. All right, let's hear from him. Let's let's hear from the guy who gave up anywhere from half a mil to three quarters of a million dollars for Tom Brady. Well, getting the ball was really cool. Uh, I don't normally sit in the front row, so I've never gotten the ball before. Uh, so real quick, I'm just going to go on a limb. This guy says he doesn't really sit in the front row before. I'm going to go on a limb and say he doesn't have generational wealth like Tom Brady does. Just throwing that out there. Um, and then giving it up was tough. Uh, the trainer came over and asked for it. But uh, I, what am I going to do? Say no to Tom Brady? Uh, Yes. So he asked for the ball back. Um, I didn't really need the ball. It was cool. I got to hold it, take pictures with it, all that. I didn't really need the ball, Rowdy. <laughs> I don't think this guy it was, yet no, knows. It was cool that I got to hold it and take pictures with it. I didn't really need the ball. That that You just said, I don't really need half a million dollars. Sort of stuff. And then Tom Brady wanted it, so I gave it back. Welcome into the halftime. Um, did you have to think twice about it? Did I told him? I told the trainer no twice. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Finally, I said yes. And so, how did he convince you? He just asked a couple times. He said Tom Brady really wanted it. I was able to take pictures, all that sort of stuff. Um, he said Tom Brady might come over and say hey, thank me. Uh, so, hopefully, I'll get to shake his hand at least. What would you rather have? Half a million dollars or Tom Brady uh, shake his hand? I like, I like how he's like, yeah, hopefully Tom Brady will come over and say something. <laughs> Fingers crossed, dude. Did they offer up anything specifically yet, or are you just kind of waiting to hear that? Uh, they said uh, maybe a signed jersey, but just kind of waiting to hear back. Oh, my God. That's That was what I heard on like the, the national broadcast. They were talking about a signed jersey and just meeting them briefly. That. You're gonna have to do better than that for me. Tom, well, Tom Brady, Tom Brady wanted the ball back. Yeah, well, my my kids want Christmas presents too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And so you said you don't come and sit in the front row ever. What made today that day? Well, this is my buddy. He uh, has season tickets, and we went golfing this morning, and he invited me to come along for the game today. So I'm happy I did. <laughs> good decision. Good decision. Um, all right, there you go. So that guy totally lost out on half a million dollars, minimum. I not. I think about it more. I would have gripped that thing so tight, you never would have. You never would have got it out of my cold dead hands, dude. <laughs> you would have been the one telling the trainer. Well, actually, Tom can find it on eBay at yeah. about uh, seven o'clock tonight. Tom's people can find me, and we can negotiate. I probably would just would have left the game. I probably I probably would have taken that ball and I just would have left. I would have well, the I score, would have gone right the home. The score was just a drubbing too. So, yeah, I, mean, I would have gone home anything. and just sat there and waited for my phone to ring, waiting for Tom and Giselle to call me to make me an offer I can't refuse. What up, fellas? Mitch and Madison. Mitch and Madison in the house. What's up, homie? Hey, I'm glad you guys are talking about the uh, Tom Brady ball situation because I was thinking about that yesterday too. And honestly, I think you guys are thinking too small. Um. So here's the thing. If he would have kept the ball, 
you know the internet's undefeated, man. He would have been doxxed in two seconds. Oh, like, the woke mob would have canceled him as fast right. as they could. Right. So, yes. Despite Tom Brady being the opposite of the woke mob. So that's confusing. Right. Me. Right. But, like, he, they would have published everything about him, this and that, and it wouldn't have been worth it. So what you do is, yeah, you do the little um, negotiation with the memorabilia and this and that. But, but here's the kicker. This guy obviously... You know, with his seats, I'm going to assume he has a little bit of money, and I'm assuming he did say it was his buddy. His buddy, his buddy's season tickets. Okay, well, well, let's say his. Then this. And he said he's never been. He's never been up uh, front row before. Well, okay, so his buddy's season tickets. So his buddy has money. Maybe his buddy owns like a regional company or something. Sure, I'll go with it. Yeah, I would say, okay, Tom, we want you to be in uh, like a, a commercial spot for the company. Because what you would get revenue-wise, recurring revenue-wise, yeah, yeah. to have him on a commercial would be more than that two fifty. Because think about it this way: um, not to get too political, but two hundred fifty grand, two hundred fifty grand in this market, especially with Sleepy Joe at the helm and the hyperinflation in yeah. four years, that's going to be like fifty bucks. So you want to have a recurring revenue stream coming in, and if you can get him to be on a commercial or some sort of marketing thing. Um, with your buddy's business, pump that up, and then you get your yeah. buddy. Can to I get, get a, can, can I get a share yeah. of like TB12? Like, get, can I be like a stockholder of TB12? Give me like a like a one percent share of your business, Tom. Right. Well, and then not just that, you can oh. partner him up with that with the, his buddy, and Tom could make money off of it as well. So it could be a win-win for everybody. What about you this, Mitch? Good. Yeah. What, what about this? What about this? Now this is a little off the beaten path, a little off the wall. Tom Brady comes up to you, wanting the ball back, and he says, all right, we will put you on staff to be part of Giselle's Supermodels Fluffer. You can be with Giselle's Supermodels and be their, like, wardrobe manager. You're on, you're on, you, get a salary, you get a salary, and you're Giselle's Supermodels wardrobe, like, helper person. I don't know the correct vernacular. Here's the deal with that. Ebo, and I won't say the whole thing because we're on, you know, it's a family radio show. This is a family show, yes. Yeah. You show me a hot chick, I'll show you a dude who's tired of sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, okay. And you're in Florida, there are, there are hot chicks all over the place. So what, what you're you saying is do- you don't want to be on salary to be Giselle's supermodels, like her team of supermodels, her, they're like people that help them pick out elephants. No. No, this is what I would say. Tom, help me build wealth because then the chicks will just come to me. That's a very good point. You could be the ugliest dude in the world, but if you have F.U. money, they flock. Right, exactly. Okay. I'll, I'll get sense. my yacht and then hold up a sign and say, hey, you want to come party on my yacht? And they'll be there. <laughs> dude, you could be Jabba the Hutt out there on a yacht. As long as you had the bank account, they've come flocking. Exactly. Yeah, it, that it, makes it sense. Really Look at Brett. That yeah, that makes sense. Look at Brett Bielema. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Rowdy. Yeah. Mitch. Always a fantastic call. And way to keep it PG yes, in the family show. We love you. You gotta gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, I don't wanna get you guys in trouble, man. No, no, no. We'll never we'll never get in trouble for anything. Yeah. Mitch, so I'll tell Giselle you're not gonna be her fluffer. See you, buddy. All right, love y'all. Much love. Bye. But I don't know, you're on a salary. You're working with supermodels. Yeah, I don't I I I think I'm with Mitch on, on that something. one. Yeah, you're you're putting too much too much stock into being around the Giselle and her uh, yeah, model friends. Yeah, then you just get friends. Yeah, you gotta look, be you gotta be the fat old guy with money and a yacht. Yeah, lookins for free, but uh, yeah, touch just, is gonna cost you. Evo. You just gotta have money.
As Tony Montana and Scarface said, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women.